In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's section of Matthew's Gospel begins with the spirited conversation. Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And the expected answer probably by some of the people in the crowd is me. Jesus kind of upturns that whole idea by taking a child and placing them among them and telling the disciples that they too must become like children because they are the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And you might think that you already know the answer and and kind of get it and what Jesus is saying To be greatest in the kingdom of heaven, you just need to have faith, the faith of a little child, and emulate the trust that they show. There we go. Sermon done. Amen. Right? I'm sorry, no. Do children always fear, love, and trust in God above all things? And if you tell me yes, you don't have children. And in the time of Jesus, both in the Greco-Roman world and in New Testament Judaism, children rarely, if ever, and I really mean if ever, served as role models for adults. Yes, people in Christ's time loved their children, they cherished their children, but children were never held up to adults with the message, you should be like this. Matthew's gospel reflects this idea. Jesus compares the people who oppose his earthly ministry to a whining group of kids who are impossible to please. And children are hard to please. I could give you my own examples, but I don't want to keep putting, throwing my family under the bus. So I cracked up at some of the contemporary examples that I found online. Children who are hard to please. A woman named Sophie shared an experience that she had to explain to her daughter. They were going on a trip, uh, taking, taking a flight. And she explained to her daughter what the no smoking sign meant because the daughter didn't get it. And so she explained it. The daughter became enraged. She started screaming at the top of her lungs, I want to smoke! And she made sure everybody on the plane knew it. I want to smoke. Uh, She was three years old. Okay? No sense. It makes no sense, does it? Or a doctor once shared that her child once had a meltdown... Because he wanted the rain to be inside and was mad that it was outside, right? Well, you could fix that, I guess. And a mother named Dina was surprised when her son came home from preschool and his sandwich was still in the lunchbox, untouched, unwrapped, and uneaten. The boy explained, hey, I only like ham and cheese with the cheese on top of the ham. But mine was on the bottom, and I'm thinking, okay, just turn it over. (laughs) You know? You get the idea. You get the idea. And you might say, 
uh, well, that's isolated incidents. Um, it's really not. Not only are children hard to please, elsewhere in Matthew's gospel, Jesus himself acknowledges their lack of wisdom and understanding, their need for help. Because of their lack of wisdom and because of their lack of understanding, God the Father reveals himself to them. Children of all people truly need his help, truly need his direction, truly need his love. In short, children in Matthew's gospel are lowly. An idea of being an example for someone else is not there. They are lowly. That's why it's such a surprise when Jesus does it. They are lowly. They're completely dependent upon others for protection. They are completely dependent on others for nurture. They are dependent on others for instruction, for stability. You get the idea, right? The Bible instructs us to train a child in the way that he should go and he will never depart from it. Not the other way around. Becoming like children doesn't mean to emulate anything. It simply means to recognize that we, as God's children, live under God's rule and reign in Christ Jesus. It's about Him. As adults, even as kids, we often get too big for our britches. Jesus says not to emulate not to be like children, but to become children. And that's what we must do because we are like children. That's who we really are. Totally dependent. Completely 100% dependent on the Lord for life. 100% dependent on the Lord for eternal life. 100% dependent on the Lord for faith. And so, yes, we have problems with our own greatness. Internally, we have problems with our own greatness, like the disciples did. We also have problems realizing, defining greatness in others, those around us, at least by Christ's standards. So if we had to define, if you had to go around and look around the room and say, who's the greatest among us? We might pick someone who maybe uh, is very generous and donates the most uh, to the church and to other charitable causes. We might pick the one who is the most visible, volunteers the most, and think, oh my goodness, if that person were to leave, uh, the church would fall apart. We might pick the one who has the most musical talent and say, boy, I wish I could be like that. Wow. We might pick the one person who gets along with everybody. They seem to be able to make friends with, with anyone, no matter their age, no matter their background in life. Now, do not misunderstand me. These people are wonderful gifts to the congregation and to those around them. No doubt about it. But Jesus would have us see a dependent child as the greatest because they need God's help. And they need your help too. Our fallen sinful nature will want to distort this great reversal. When we hear, oh yeah, we should really 
worry about those who are vulnerable around us. We should really uh, give them the attention that they need. Our fallen human sinful nature will try to turn that and reverse it and say, uh, the greatest is those who then serve those dependent children. They're the greatest. That's the point. It's not. Jesus again decries and flips ideas of human importance and points out that the greatest is not the one doing the serving among us, but the one who needs the service. The one who needs the service. And such a viewpoint overturns the apple cart. It, it upsets our normal human evaluations of who is the greatest. Who is the greatest? Jesus picks the vulnerable, the most vulnerable, the unlearned, the naive, the impressionable. They are the greatest because they have the greatest need for God's word. Who are the greatest? Jesus picks the most vulnerable. This includes those beaten down by sin, evil, the world, and Satan. It includes the struggling, the hurting, the isolated, even those indulging sin. Why? These people are the greatest because they have the greatest need. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven are those who are vulnerable, those People who deserve our greatest attention because it is not the will of God that one of these little ones should perish. These are the ones who should garner our deepest attention, our sympathy, our concern. They need urgent spiritual care from Christ and His church. Urgent spiritual care and support. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, Jesus says, which we often do. We despise those who are unlearned. We despise those who are struggling with addiction. We despise those who are struggling with sin. We despise those who do not emulate the faith, maybe, that we demand. Do not despise one of these little ones, Jesus says. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. And then Jesus shows the people his heart. What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray? Does he not leave the ninety nine on the mountain and go in search of the one who went astray? And the answer is, of course, yes, he does. And if he finds it. If he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 who never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Unlike us, Jesus did not despise the dependent little ones. Jesus did not despise sinners. In fact, Martin Luther says that Christ only dwells in sinners. God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
Jesus recognizes your great vulnerability. Jesus recognizes your great need. Even if you don't. Jesus, the one through whom all things were made, took on human flesh. And Jesus set his divine power aside so that he becomes vulnerable. Facing a life of rejection and hatred. Facing a life of suffering and eventually suffering and dying for you and for me. Here is the greatest of all time, the GOAT, right? If you don't know the acronym yet, you probably do. Greatest of all time, the GOAT. The GOAT is actually the Lamb, the spotless, sinless Son of God. God in the flesh who took all your sin, all your sorrow, all your death and made it his own. The one who experienced agonizing spiritual and physical death in your place so that you would not perish. And even being God in the flesh, Jesus did not count equality with the Father something to be grasped. What do I mean by that? He himself, according to his human nature, was dependent on the Father. He studied the word diligently. Diligently. You think, oh, he had it easy. He knew it. He studied the word diligently. He went to the synagogue weekly or the temple. He was in Jerusalem. He prayed constantly. He gave himself over to the Father's will completely. He did only the things the Father gave him to say and did only the things the Father gave him to do. And he invites his church to take those tasks on as well. And we do not perform it nearly as well as Jesus did. Jesus is the goat, but who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? In today's text, it is those who need Jesus. They are the greatest. Not because of anything that they did, but because of what Jesus did for them and what Jesus did for you. They are the greatest because they, at some level, recognize their own need for him and notice the needs of others and treating them as important, giving them urgent attention, sharing the gospel through the word, through acts of service, through life together. That's what we do. Again, it's not the one doing the serving. It's the one who needs the service. Paul puts it this way. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit to be great, right? To be great. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, that though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death 
even death on a cross. This wasn't beneath him. Therefore, God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Here is the one who tended to our greatest need and who asks us to see them as the greatest among us so that they too may know him by faith and receive everlasting life through him. Amen. Now may the peace which surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.